Thanks be to God. Good morning. It's a joy for me to be with you today. Um, it's a real privilege to be able to be here at Ridley College. I've been here before, uh, but it's a fast opportunity to be able to spend uh, a couple of days um, with students and staff um, making connections. So thank you for the invitation. Are you feeling under pressure? I don't know where exams times are, I don't know whether there are papers to submit uh, shortly, but are you feeling under pressure? You know, students often feel under pressure at various times. Have you found it difficult sometimes to live out your faith in the midst of personal and relational challenges that you face today? Is your faith under pressure? I think one of the greatest challenges we face in Western society today is a secular system that seeks to push faith out of the public space. That's what I'm discovering as a Kenyan living in New Zealand. It is hard to be a Christian in New Zealand, I guess in Australia. As Christians, we can expect to face increasing hostility from personal and societal levels. How do we, as faithful followers of Jesus, continue to uh, remain faithful in our faith when our faith is tested. You see, the, the risk might not be that we reject Christ, but that we stagnate, that we don't grow, that we don't take hold of all that God has in store for us, that we settle for the okay and miss out the best, that our unresilient uh, faith struggles to keep up with the pressures that we face. I've met a number of people in New Zealand who have given up on church, they now have become bedside Baptists, uh, who've given up on fellowship, um, perhaps who've stored in their sense of core. I've known ministers who have found it hard to keep going. I've seen people who start the journey with enthusiasm and excitement and passion for Jesus, wanting to have an adventure with God, and then down the track, they become cynical about church. Maybe you know some of them. You see, it might not be because um, of, of um, you know, just the, uh, the, the persecution they face. Maybe they've been hurt. Maybe they've been frustrated. Maybe they've become too comfortable. Perhaps the pressure to conform to a culture around them has become massive. Or maybe life has just happened because life happens and we get busy and they have just slowly drifted. Whatever the case... What does it mean to be able to have gutsy faith in our 21st century um, society today? What can we learn from the Bible about being resilient, gutsy, having greater faith that perseveres no matter what? The letter that was um, um, written to the Hebrews um, was written for Christians who were well versed with the Old Testament, who were going through persecution and were in danger of drifting because of the intensity of their persecution as followers of Jesus. The author seeks to elevate Jesus as superior to previous revelations about God, as the one who has the ultimate revelation of God's grace, and to encourage Christians not to forsake Jesus, even though they face so many pressures. They are encouraged to persevere, to keep going, and to have gutsy faith. Well, three years ago, I started running. 
Now, you may say to me, well, that's not a big deal. You are Kenyan. Of course. <laughs> of course, Kenyans run. Well, it was a big deal for me because I had never really done much running in my life. And so three years ago, I started running 1K, oh, 2K, 3K. And I'm now enjoying it three years on. I've done a couple of half marathons. This morning, I ran 11K around the park. Um, and I just, I just enjoy running. And I've discovered in three years, I've discovered the science of running, how the body works, nutrition. I mean, this stuff I've discovered about running that I didn't know before. But there's three key things that have helped me on my journey of running and, and, and running races. The people around me. You know, having a community, you know, depending on what apps you've got, there's a whole community of people who run, you know, going out to the park and finding people running. It's just something about the community of people around you that run. The goal in front of you, you know, I've got uh, my personal best and I want to keep beating it. You know, I want to keep working hard, even though I'm getting older. I think I can beat my personal best that I did three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, but, but then when I actually do get to run a race, the thing that actually keeps me going is having a pace setter in front of me, having somebody I can sort of follow. It just helps to have someone in front of you to pace set for you. When Eliud Kipchoge won the full marathon in under two hours, that's an incredible speed. You know, I, I was thinking about that. A Kenyan running a full marathon, 42 kilometers in under two hours. That's incredible. But they had to make the conditions right for him to be able to run. The pace setters, the wind, all of the, all of the sort of signs of running was at place there. So having a community around me, having a goal in front of me, and having pace setters really helped me in my journey of running. And like runners, like athletes, we must endure in a race of faith. Hebrews 12, 1 to 4, helps us um, figure out how we, we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, can endure. And what is it that will help us keep going even when the race is difficult? Three thoughts uh, from Hebrews about how we can have gutsy faith as followers of Jesus. Number one, because we have witnesses to imitate. We have those who've gone before us to imitate. Secondly, we have a promise to receive. We have a goal in front of us to receive. And then thirdly, we have a captain to follow. Firstly, we have witnesses to imitate. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run. There are so many examples and witnesses in the Bible. The previous chapter, chapter 11 of Hebrews, unpacks some of them. The Bible is replete with gutsy examples of faith. People who have endured much. And so Hebrews 12 begins with therefore. Of course, remembering Hebrews 11. Abel, Enoch, Noah building a, a huge boat over decades as he waited for the fulfillment of God's promise. Abraham and Sarah living as displaced people in the land of promise, waiting for 25 years in old age for the fulfillment of God's promise. And when the child comes, Abraham offering up Isaac as a sacrifice because he considered the God who gave Isaac is able to raise him from, from the dead. Jacob serving his hard-to-please uncle, Laban, for many years as he waited for his promise. Joseph languishing in an Egyptian prison as he trusted God to make a way. Moses choosing to be identified with the people of God rather than to enjoy the treasures and comforts of Egypt. 
There's so many examples. Like the author of Hebrews, time would fail me to tell of Rahab, of Esther, of Gideon, of David. People with gutsy faith. And not just the ones in the pages of the scriptures. But also Christians throughout the centuries who have endured much for generations so that we can be where we are today. Lidley College is named after one such person. Missionaries who brought the gospel to Africa wouldn't be here today why not for those who endured much to bring the gospel to Africa. Some of them carrying their own coffins because there was no chance of them being able to return to their countries. Christians being persecuted for their faith today. We think it's hard here in Melbourne, Australia, New Zealand. When you open your eyes to what Christians have to go through today, it encourages you in your faith to keep going. People around me, people I know who keep going, even when things are difficult, they've gone through cancer, they've gone through pain, they've gone through difficulties, they've, you know, they've been rejected by their families, but they keep going. And you know some of them. And I think this cloud of witnesses is not just people in the Bible, people throughout the church history, people who are suffering today, but I reckon this cloud of witnesses also could include those who are yet to come. Jesus prays in John 17, not just for his disciples, but those in future who will believe God because of the witness of the disciples. Those who will believe because of the footprints that we leave for the gospel. Steve Green has uh, a song that, that, that he sang um, that, that I love. I've, 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 I love this song. I love the lyrics. Um, and it, it's a beautiful song. And it reminds us of keeping on going. Not just because we have these witnesses around us or those who've gone before. But because there are those watching us. There are those watching your steps today. Your faith. Your resilient faith. Who will believe because you've kept going. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we live lead them to believe. And the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. We keep going because we have witnesses to emulate. But secondly, we keep going because we have a promise to receive. There is a race marked before us. There is joy awaiting. So let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is marked before us. Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, the goal that was set before him, endured the cross. You see, athletes not, not only nourish their body and try to recover well, but they work hard to build endurance. They, have, they, they, they work hard on long runs, uh, speed workouts, weightlifting, uh, stretching. We push ourselves through pain because we have a goal to accomplish. Sometimes the muscles, you know, are sore. Sometimes we have tired lungs. Um, my wife doesn't understand it when I keep pushing hard. 
Why do I keep going? I've got to go. I want to be my personal best. I want to be the best that I can in terms of my, my physical fitness. Uh, for other people, it's because they want to win an Olympic goal medal. Whatever it is, there is a goal in front of you that enables you to endure, to keep going, to push hard. And you see, God makes us all winners at the end. We win the spiritual race by persevering in faith. When the Son of Man comes, Jesus says, will he find faith on the earth? So we lay aside all those extra weights. Every gram counts in a race. You've got to be light to be swift. So Hebrew says, you know, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles. So the same is true of us as Christians. We have many things that slow us down in our race and we have to push them aside. Having relentless resolve to keep going and pursuing our goal and not giving up. For you as students, it could be graduation. That's the goal you set. And you keep going. You endure as a student because you know what's coming. Paul would say, I consider my present sufferings Nothing compared to the glory that is to be revealed in us. There's a crown awaiting. There's a glory of God awaiting. So we keep going. You see, too many of us, too many people, write their blessings in the sand and engrave their sorrows in marble. I think it's Charles Pagan who said that. Too many people write their blessings in the sand and engrave their sorrows in marble. We, we've got this contest and a culture that, that almost makes it cool to look like you, you know, you're suffering and it's difficult and, 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 and we're sorrowful and we forget the blessings. I think the perspective of hope that we have in Jesus and our eternal inheritance and the fact that, you know, uh, there's glory awaiting for us enables us to face the pressures we have now and to see them as temporary as written in the sand the problems, the challenges, the pressures they're just written in the sand the blessings that we have now in this life and the life to come are to be embedded in marble and that leads us into joy so is told that upon landing in Spain in the 8th century the Arabic military commander Tariq was vastly outnumbered Realizing this, he did something that some would consider counterintuitive. He ordered his troops to burn their boats, an act that would incinerate their own insurance policy. How would you do that? So he gathered his men and he told them, Behold, behind you lies the sea, before you is the enemy, you are vastly outnumbered, and all you have is your sword and courage. There is no other option left for you than to throw everything into the fight. The church in the West is at a renew and decline moment. Our cultural crisis is burning our boats for us. I don't see any options available for followers of Jesus today than to throw everything we've got into the fight for the gospel. Throwing everything into the fight because this is our moment. There's so much at stake. We're not going to give up. We are not going to let the battle be lost on our watch. We are to fight for the gospel. To finish the race and to keep the faith. 
Did you hear the story of John Stephen Akawari in the 1968 uh, Olympic Games in Mexico City? Tanzanian. Uh, he had signed up to go to Mexico City and uh, it wasn't looking good because um, the attitude, high attitude, was, had made the race very, very difficult for him. Halfway through the race, he collided with some, one of the runners. He fell, he wounded his knee, he dislocated his joint, his shoulder hit hard on the pavement. Out of the 75 people who had started, only 57 remained. You know, people would be saying to him, come on, mate, give up. You're not going to go anywhere. But he kept going. He kept going. An hour after the marathon winner had finished and won, John Stephen Akawari kept going. He was hobbling in the stadium with blood flowing all over his body. And so he was asked by the people, only a few people remaining in the stadium, why did you keep going when you knew you had no chance of winning the race? And he said, my country, Tanzania, did not send me to Mexico City to start the race. They sent me to finish. <laughs> I just love that spirit. Remember the call that God gave you? Don't let the dream die. Don't become cynical. What a glorious promise we are to receive in the gospel. Keep going. So, we are to keep going because we have witnesses to imitate. Secondly, we have a promise to receive. And then finally, we have a captain to follow. Looking unto Jesus, like me having a pesa in front of me, looking to Jesus, considering Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. We can't make it to the finish line on our own. It's not our own strength. It's not sort of, you know, sort of psyching ourselves up. No, we need Jesus. He is the one that we are to follow. We are to set our eyes firmly on him so that we don't grow weary in our fight against sin, in our race to persevere. The good news is that Jesus has made us lightweight runners. He's taken the burden of our sins, placed them on the cross. He's risen again. He sits at the right hand of the Father, praying for us, interceding for us, cheering us on. And then we have the Holy Spirit who is our counselor, who empowers us, who gives us boldness. We're not on our own in this race. If you've come to the end of yourself, you can come to Jesus empty and he will fill you with his life. Today we may appear fragile. It may look like the church is losing the plot. It may look like we are, we are, we are small, we are, um, we are fragile, but the captain of our salvation is with us, guiding us all the way. As modeling weak, he will not snuff out. And that's why I love that gospel passage in Matthew 15. Uh, a very gutsy Canaanite woman who is not going to take no for an answer but will lean hard on Jesus until she gets what she wants, the curing of her daughter. Our outrageous love for Jesus is enabled by God's grace and being able to look to Jesus, considering him, the one who feeds us, the one who calls us to leave everything to follow him. True godly grit is being able to strive hard and stand fast because we are empowered by God's grace. You ask me the question, what keeps me going? Jesus. 
Paul in Colossians 1.11 says, uh, makes a prayer. I pray that you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have endurance and patience. God strengthens us to be able to endure and to be able to have grit. One of my beautiful verses is, uh, favorite verses I've had for uh, almost all my life as a follower of Jesus is Colossians 1.29. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy with so powerful works in me. I don't labor with my energy. I labor with the energy that he gives me. William Booth, the founder of Salvation Army, received a word that um, their converts were coming home. They had given up. They said, we've tried everything. We've tried preaching on the street corners. We've tried beating drums. We've tried passing on trucks. Nothing works. William Booth sent a telegram in those days, and he said, try tears. Try tears. Lean on to Jesus. Pray and seek his wisdom, his grace, and his strength. This is how the church began. When a group of disparate, ordinary people cried out to God and they were filled by the Holy Spirit. With no army, no political power, no little fads, um, they turned the world upside down. And so, how are we to respond? We have witnesses to imitate it. We have a promise to receive and we have a captain to follow. How are we to respond? Just two quick responses. If you've had people in your life who've become this cloud of witnesses, who've encouraged you on the journey, who kept you going when you felt like giving up, make a note of who those people are. And maybe this week, encourage them. Tell them, thank you. Thank you for this word you sent me. Thank you for this text. Thank you for this message. You know, celebrate those people around you who have encouraged you on your journey of faith. And then secondly, renew your commitment to keep going, looking to Jesus, receiving his grace and empowerment. If you felt a little bit weak and and, and like, you know, you're not too sure about the next steps, make a renewed commitment to look to Jesus. To look to his grace and to look to his strength. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for those who have come before us to encourage us in our faith. Lord, we pray that you may help us to know what it means for us to be able to renew our commitment to keep going, to have guts of faith when we face pressure, to hold on to Jesus, to look to him for grace and strength on our journey. I pray for people who are here today who might be struggling with, um, you know, pressures all around them, wondering how things are going to turn out. I pray that as they look to you, they will receive grace and strength to help them in their time of need. Thank you that we can look to you. Thank you that you are a faithful uh, savior, faithful captain that we can follow. Thank you that we are never alone, that we can find hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you for the goal that is set before us. I thank you that in you we live and move and have our being. And we look forward to this glorious day that is coming when we will live with you forever. When all the pressures and all the challenges we face today will be gone. And we will live with you and worship you forever. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Give us grace to be resilient and to be gutsy in our faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.